Strike for another episode of First Strike. But before we start the show, we're going to plug our sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com, the number one place to get your Magic the Gathering singles. Also, we're associated with, uh, you know, we have some, we've got some locations, not only in Montreal, we've got an awesome location in Toronto, Face-to-Face Games Toronto, and we're happy. Our special guest, we've had him before, Kelly Ackerman, to talk about some Canadian nationals. That's going down in about two weeks. We've got Brian Jimba, yep. first trick intern, and uh, return favorite co-host, Andy Robdrum. How's it going, Andy? My man. It's the best day of my life. Started my new job today. Got to wear, wear a suit. Looked dapper as heck. <laughs> no nice. swearing. Remember. <laughs> yeah, no swearing on your job and no swearing here. Let's start off with the sweetness that is Canadian Nationals. Obviously, get all your information on mtgnationals.ca. Been talking about that uh, every episode. Um, and good work. Something I'm really psyched about, and people are psyched about, the, the people I've talked to, is Friday and many events to get your hands on a flooded strand, an exclusive flooded strand. Um, <laughs> that's pure value. That's really what it's all about. Like the flooded strands look so good. I when I got the promos in the mail the other day, I just spent I just disappeared for about ten minutes just staring at them because they're just so gorgeous. So uh, yeah, you definitely want to make sure you come out Friday. Bunch of events where you're going to get a promo just for playing. Uh, those are the last chance trials and last chance qualifiers. While supplies last, we don't have infinity of these, so definitely come out for those. Um, but uh, even before we go that far, Canadian Nationals, it's a different venue this year. We're not out by the airport. We're right in downtown Toronto at the Metro Toronto Convention Center, South Building. That's like the one right beside the CN Tower and the Aquarium and the Rogers or the Sky Dome, if you've been there before. Um, so if, you, if you're not planning on it yet, make a weekend of it. Come on down to Toronto. There's tons of fun stuff. Canada Day weekend. So even if you just scrub out, you can play some side events or go watch things explode down by the lake or whatever. Tons of fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, I'm going to show on the screen uh, what you're going to get. Whoa, going to trip the effect here. Whoa, whoa, wrong thing whoa. to show. Whoa, wrong thing. whoa. Boom. Okay. <laughs> little, little technical difficulty, but this is the, registr- the sweet registration package that you're going to get if you sign up to the main event. And look at that play, man. Is that a s'more? Is that s'mores? S'mores. <laughs> yes. Like last that is the s'mores cookie. Right? That's the cookie. You yeah, always get the cookie. It's a cookie. It's a s'mores cookie, and it's still vegan, which is the crazy part. I don't know how these magicians make vegan s'mores cookies, but they're really good. Really good. And you get one, and I'm, I ordered a whole bunch of extra ones, so we might throw them in for like you know, we'll put them on the prize wall and stuff, like three cookies for ten prize sticks and stuff like that. There was one guy at Nationals last year. He had like two hundred ticks left at the end of the weekend. He could have walked away with like a half a box. Instead, he was just like, "Nah, sixty cookies. Let's go!" Like this, like this giant box of cookies is great. That's sweet. Shout out to that guy. How much is it to enter Nationals? It's 80 bucks, 80 bucks for the main event, uh, but you always get a $10 side event voucher. So, oh, uh, you know, that's like the, the consolation prize if you do scrub out. We also, uh, 
if you bail early, you get your booster packs from the drafts because there's a draft on Saturday and a draft on Sunday. And we sort of like, you know, you get your three packs one way or another. So even if you're like, nah, I'm not coming back for the, the second day or I just want to play the, the facefacegames.com open plus or something on Sunday, still get your boosters. Everyone loves boosters. Yeah, I was just looking at the the old prices of the the old WMCQ promos like Abrupt Decay and Vengevine, and those cards are still like thirty plus Canadian, and they are not played at all. Vengevine <laughs> almost unplayable. It's like forty Canadian, and Flutterstrand very playable. So I can't wait to see how much that card is going to be worth. It's it's ridiculous too because these things, especially if you're local, they feels super plentiful right after an event like you're like oh these things are everywhere but realistically like we've got we've got several hundred the united states has several hundred elsewhere around the world like brazil gets like 400 or something like that so like there's a lot of them out there if you're at the event but they dry up really really quickly like if uh, have you seen an ink moth nexus promo lately like they're just hard to find that's, and that's like last year's promo from, from October. So let's see what those are. I'm curious. Anyway, not they're too, like, not like too almost valuable. For, almost 40 Canadian, the Ink Moth. It's a good time. Let's get an outsider's perspective. Uh, an outsider perspective from an intern, uh, Brian Jemba. Uh, how, how much do you think these are going to be worth based on, uh, like, let's get an outside face to face games uh, perspective here? Like the, the flood of strength? So the let's flood- get a Phoenix Games opinion. <laughs> There's <laughs> comics, thank you. Um, so, a regular cons flooded strand is what, like twenty five ish bucks, and a yeah, so it, and an onslaught one is around, I think, what, like forty bucks ish. I mean, so it's obviously going to be worth more than that. And I think, like, I think initially it's probably going to be worth like I don't know forty dollars. But I think long term, like a year from now, I could see it being sixty bucks. Like, yeah, no problem, man. And I gotta give a shout out to Wizards on this. Like, they've done a good job of just picking good promos lately. Yeah. Like, it, it it doesn't cost them anything to pick a decent card instead of like a garbage card. You know, like I remember when they first spoiled Vengevine as the promo. I was like, really? For the WFCQ in like 2013 <laughs> or whatever. I was like, Vengevine? Who cares about this card? But but everyone cares about Flooded Strand. I hope they just keep doing onslaught fetches like for the next several years so that you can do your whole deck out in Mario Kart fetches. That'd be so sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like the whole schedule has something for everyone. There's we we haven't mentioned like there's so many things to mention like the eternal weekend trials for people who, who are planning to go down in Pittsburgh November first to fourth yourself blogs um, Matthew Dilks, especially Toronto. Uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Matt. Definitely goes down uh, for that event, so maybe he might be interested in playing the trial. Dilks, uh, he's not in the main event. Dilks was recently unseated as the reigning what? ultimate showdown champion here in Toronto. Yeah, at the at Face Face Games Toronto, he for six months he held the title of ultimate showdown of ultimate. Destiny champion. He's uh, the the event was just last week. He lost in the quarterfinal or semifinal. He made he top eight it again naturally because he's a he's a boss. But um, yeah, 
shout out to Dilks, wherever <laughs> you're at. Okay, so the last thing, uh, the, the last thing I want to plug on that specifically is like just, just like scour the site and find all the events that include the Flooded Strand promo, and then just sign up for all of those um, because those those are those are great events, and you're going to get that promo. Now, the the fun one. Uh, is the Masters 25 draft on Friday night. If you want to, if you're not into like the whole national thing and you just want to come hang out for a bit, 6.30 on Friday night, you get the Flooded Strand promo. It's a $50 Masters 25 draft. So you also get three packs of Masters 25 and all that jazz. And that'll be, uh, that'll be like the every person opportunity to get that promo. You don't need a legacy deck. You don't need a stint. You don't need to be qualified for nationals. You don't need to, you know, Literally just show up and get the promo and play some magic. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yep. That's it. Plug, <laughs> plug, plug, plug. I do got to ask, because when we um, had organized uh, previous GPs, and maybe even just last year, when, when tur- turbo tournaments became a thing, event queues rather, and we would have yeah. them at the end of each day, I think other people were doing it. Now, I guess they're super popular enough that you just run them yeah. all day. Is that the yeah yeah yeah? So CFB really sort of uh, cornered, really sort of has helped reshape people's thinking on turbos. Turbo is where you just like play a tournament that instead of being like a three or a four round tournament that goes on for hours and locks you down for a whole day, is where you just sit down and play around a magic against another human being, and then boom, you're done. Like it's it's like two person cues on motor or whatever. You just like play some magic and then move on with your life. So I've I've seen people like finish their you know they're playing burn in the open and they like finish round two in like eleven minutes because they just got you somebody and they're like oh I've got time for a turbo and they just go sit down play a turbo and earn an extra fifty fifty prize tickets or whatever so it's a super fun way to like barely engage in magic like if if you just want to come and do a turbo draft you can be in and out in like ninety minutes so like. Go to the Steam Whistle Brewery and do a tour of the brewery, do a turbo, and then go to the, the Jays game on on Sunday or whatever. Like, <laughs> barely interact, barely just show up, play a little bit of magic, and leave. It's gonna be great. Or I'm, stay. You can stay too. I'm actually. Uh, I, I don't know what your initial impression of it, and I'll ask the other guys. Uh, I thought I thought turbos wouldn't be popular because it's just hard. It just seems like a lot of the more casual people just want to play as much as they want like if we had like weekend events if they let's say if we started double elimination they wouldn't like it i feel like maybe i'm wrong i feel like they wouldn't like it as much as swiss where they could play more magic like they don't want to be sent home early no. that's the sense okay. i've always gotten so change okay, my mind <laughs> change your mind here we go you're thrapped you go through the drafting process and then you lose round one of this single elimination draft and you're like man that sucked Right. Well, I guess I don't get to see the rest of the tournament through. Fine, whatever. I'll go do it again. That in a turbo, you don't have that feel bad because it was only gonna be. You didn't miss out, right? Now, if you win, that's even better because you win round one, and you then get like a bunch of prize tickets for winning, and you get to tell yourself like, "Man, yeah, this deck would have gone the mile. I could have won eleven rounds with this deck. I'm the boss," even though you only won round one. So you, you get all the good and none of the bad. It's great. I, I guess you're making me realize because it's it's an ongoing thing and not just like like 
that's why I think a sing, a double elimination tournament on like a random Sunday, and if that was it, people wouldn't be that interested. Um, Brian, your take? <clears throat> I think like if if somebody wants, if your argument is that you think more casual players want to play more magic, they can play the same amount of magic. They can just sign up for four turbos or five turbos or whatever, right, right. right? But they're not committed to that specific tournament, right? So, yeah, if they want to play three rounds or something, just sign up for three. There's no problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's more, you're making me realize it's more like in-store events, like a random Sunday. Like when, they're, they're, when you have to choose between a Swiss or double elimination, I think a Swiss format attracts more players. That's true, yeah. Well, yeah. I think at like a GP or a Nationals type event, though, at, at that type of event, it actually, even if you do want to play three or four rounds, like Brian's saying, because you're not waiting for the whole round of like 64 people in this tournament to turn over, you can finish your burn matchup in eight minutes and sit next and start yeah. playing another match right away. Like you can bang out three turbos in an hour, whereas normally you'd only get one round of magic in in your hour, and you're like, oh wait, is oh this round still not done yet? Oh the 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 control mirror has extra time because they got deck checked. Like forget it, ah, <laughs> you know, like uh, you don't just don't have that problem in the turbos. Andy, you you guys are missing the miracle of what turbos are. You're missing the point. <laughs> Think of a world. We're all missing the point. Think of a world where you can draft and you only have to play one round. That's the dream. Play is anyone sucks. Played seven though, wonders. Is seven gas. wonders is like <laughs> turbos are like the seven wonders of magic, where you just draft and then count up your points and then do it over again. See, what, what we do around here every once in a while is if we're running a little low on time, we do a thing called a theoretical draft. We draft, and we all lay out our decks, and we just talk about whose deck we think is the best. And I think that's way better than having to play limited. I like drafting a lot. I think playing limited is, like, less it's satisfying than drafting your deck. So, like, that's why people love turbos. For limited, at the very least. For constructed, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, but... I, I like the Kelly the Kelly take. Like only it's only good for that burn guy. Yeah, the burn guy. I'm gonna play <laughs> seventy matches today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's for people who care about like how, how many matches they're gonna bang out in the day. I like it. I like it. I like that. Um There's gonna be a guy show up with a stack of prize tickets at the prize wall. He's gonna be like, Hi, I'm the burn player. <laughs> I need twelve hundred yeah. <laughs> but Kelly, is CFB the? Do you know the history of the turbo? Are they the ones we should credit for starting this stuff? Yeah, it was their idea for sure. Um, other people had done uh, the had had done something similar, uh, but nobody the the term turbo definitely came from CFB. Uh, and and they definitely got it started. They've refined the process since, and we're sort of piggybacking on some of their expertise. Where you just have like an area of the room hang out in, and like you, you got a modern deck. Me, yeah, I got modern. We got turbo. Okay, let's go. You know, and and so it's just less waiting. It's all like that's what we're trying to do is reduce the amount of waiting and increase the amount of playing that everyone does because nobody comes to an event to wait around unless you do, but. 
you know, but I, I don't think you do. Hmm. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Andy, are you, any, I think Brian, Brian, you didn't plan on, on going to nationals. Of course I did. Nationals is the best okay. tournament of the year. I played in, I played last year and I played in the old nationals and it is, I played in a lot of Grand Prix and it's way better than Grand Prix. Well, I think it's better than Grand Prix. It's so, it feels so like you just, you know, everybody there it's, it's Canada, right? So if you're, if you're into that, community you just see so many friends and it feels so much more tight like a a tighter knit community and it's just it's so much fun nationals is like and the multi-format thing is like i like it way better than just grinding so many rounds of of standard or modern or whatever i'm I'm going to nationals for sure 100 percent. oh yeah we we did the the multi-format thing the 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 multi-format thing is really cool and a lot of people don't realize that's what they're signing up for but uh, yeah, you play five rounds of standard and then three rounds of draft on Saturday. And then Sunday starts out with a second draft and two more rounds of standard. So it's like 13 rounds of magic, rain or shine over two days. And then if you top eight, obviously you keep playing. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool because it feels like a pro tour. Like it, it actually feels like that sort of pro tour experience that most people who have 500 Planeswalker points have never had that Pro Tour feel, you know? So, logistical nightmare, but it's, <laughs> well, we got it. We just have to, we just have to hire only the best judges in, in the country. So, <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, we, we have access to some, some of them. Um, yep. Andy, yep. Uh, excited? Go, judges. Your boy, your boy is going to be the defending champion. So target on his back. I'm uh I'm pretty excited. I have it on good authority that anybody can win nationals. <laughs> but uh, honestly, if you if you look at the last nationals top eight, you really see that the multi format thing really rises the cream to the top. Because if you look at that top eight, it was absolutely stacked. And it's Super because stacked. these people like you sometimes you can spike a good sealed deck, but can you spike two good draft decks? And also, like, have a good standard deck for the metagame or for the field and know how to play it. That's tough. And I, I like that as a competitive player, but I also like that uh, just getting to, like, switch things up. If you're, like, a little frustrated with your standard deck, you get to draft. Or, like, maybe you're, like, really confident in draft. You're like, All right, I need to just get through these rounds of standard and uh, keep my top A dreams alive. I like that. It's, I think it's a really cool tournament, and it does feel similar to a pro tour, which is awesome. Yep. Can't wait. Sweet, 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 sweet. And uh, is uh, Andy, are you playing the RPTQ this weekend? Like this weekend's the RPTQ in Toronto, and then next weekend's Nats. You, you jamming the RPTQ this weekend? No, I, I lost in the in top four of the last one of last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I, I've already lost. Jeez. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to rub that in. <laughs> A little salt in the wound there. Uh, awkward. <laughs> yeah, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get you a tissue box. Oh, jeez. All right, well... Um, I'll be going to GP moving Pittsburgh, on. though. GP Ooh. Pittsburgh! Love that GP. Great GP. All right. Let's, let, we'll move on to the hot sauce uh, of the show. And... Uh, I accidentally showed the time earlier, earlier 
on the stream, but uh, here we go. I'm gonna, Brian, I'm going to have you read the card as I do this crazy effect and break it down. Give us your first impression. Um, <clears throat> All right, here we go. All right, Alpine Moon. One red mana. Kelly's face right there. I can't see it. Do you have it pulled up there? Oh, there we go. Okay, Alpine Moon. Alpine. Uh, enchantment. Um, as Alpine Moon enters the battlefield, choose a non-basic land card name. Lands your opponent's control um, with the chosen name lose all land types and abilities, and they gain tap. Oh, they gain yeah. tap, uh, add one mana of any color. Yeah, this card's sweet. This card is just a one mana answer Whoa. to... Uh, to like Manlands, to to Tron, to like a Gaia's Cradle, to to so many different things. Um, this is a, a one-mana Blood Moon. Yeah! This is ridiculous. Kelly's losing his mind more. <laughs> more than our resident hype man. Yeah! It's crazy. This card's pretty sweet. This card's like, it's a it cyborg. But it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and they printed like so many different effects. Like like they have Blood Sun now, they have Blood Moon, they have this thing. I feel like they could maybe you could maybe piece together a deck that is all this kind of effect and just make your opponents completely miserable. Just like hate their lives and and you can just completely shut down their entire mana bases. Um yeah, this card's insane. This card uh I think this card could be a sideboard card for modern against uh, yeah, against Tron. Um, or uh, yeah, I mean, it has application maybe against like, like affinity, like naming like a decks that really heavily lean on like cavernous souls and like, um, it's yeah, it, yeah, ink moth nexus, blinkies, whatever. Like, it seems super good, right? Am I, am I crazy? Oh, sweet, look at that, it's so crazy. <laughs> I love it. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, Brian uh, you, you, you think it's, it might be crazy, but are you saying it's, but you think it might see play in modern cyborg. So, so where do you think it's the craziest then? I mean, I think it's the craziest in uh, like commander. Yeah. Commander, like commander always has every commander game. Like somebody has some garbage land that is just like, they have a, I don't know, like a homeward path. All coffers. Cabal coffers, yeah, exactly. Or a guy's cradle, or or anything like that, right? You just play this thing, and you can shut down anything. And I mean, all commander decks have these utility lands, or have man lands, or have something going on, right? Like in Magic's history, there's so many different lands that have so many kind of crazy things that that yeah. I mean, this this in commander, this is a great card in commander. The reason Primeval Titans banned, right? Like yeah, exactly, all the good yeah. cards in Commander are land. Yep. Jeez. Um, all right. To give a a more modern, standard focus take, uh, Andy. All right. So what, when you look at this card, it is clearly less uh, powerful than Blood Moon, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. So the, when I look at this card, the, my first instinct is that it's incredibly efficient, and now you have to think of the applications of where do you want an answer like this that is this incredibly efficient? You want it in a deck that like uh, strives on being efficient. So I could see this being put into like mono red strategies. But the concern for me, like so other decks that might want to use this is like decks like Affinity. But the concern is that Blood Moon is so much better in those decks 
because so you say it stops Tron, but it really just takes two mana away from Tron. It still has the same. It still keeps its name, and uh, like shutting down Cavern, it makes the land produce Wooburg. So I don't think it shuts that down in any relevant strategy. Like the first thing I think of that it like hits that really matters is like uh, Valakut. And how played is that deck right now? It's not that played. It's obviously a very playable deck. But I like having something like this in the format. This is basically what Blood Moon and Effects should have been. And we see that now with like Blood Sun is sort of what Blood Moon should have been. And this is sort of what Blood Moon should have been. So for competitive formats, I could see this being played about red. It played in red. So, uh,. That's about it. It's like maybe if Mono Red wants to play this, because they're the deck that'll really uh, go hard on the hyper-efficient answers. I think in Legacy against lands, like them having, like trying to kill you with Dark Depths and having all these other lands, like I think maybe you could play this on a sideboard in Legacy as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you play that much Legacy? I don't play a lot of Legacy, but uh, this just off the presses. My friend is telling me that it does stop the Urza, the Urza's lands. Does it? You're... Loses all land types and abilities. Uh, and then gain... But it's still Urza's tower. I don't think it's... I'm curious. Uh, I, I, man, I wish I, I was think... a better judge than I am. I'm not a very good judge. <laughs> Uh, Don't sure. let me head judge your RPTQ. Clearly, I will TO your RPTQ. Jeez, I gotta jump back in here. Man, uh, all right, that's yeah, that's we we will we will. I'm sending out a bat signal right now. We'll have an answer. All right, shortly. so so my my friend has told me so. Spreading seeds stops this tower, and it doesn't change its name. So spread it. So this would shut it off because it cares about the type, the land type. Is that right? Yeah, so it will stop Tron. If it stops Tron, then it gets a lot better. Yeah, it, absolutely, because that's a very playable deck, obviously. Obviously. For, for whatever reason. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so I, maybe this card is better than I thought, but I still think it only sticks in hyper-efficient strategies that are striving to be efficient, because Blood Moon is just a better hoser. Yeah, in Legacy, if you're playing a burn deck, I could see it being played, like, again, against lands, a uh, name like Glacial Chasm, because that can just completely shut you down. Uh, or against, like, Turbo Depths, again, just naming uh, Dark Depths, uh, that can just, yeah, shut them down and give you enough time to just win. Um, yeah, I think in Legacy, in, like, a Mono Red deck, I think that could be legit. I think that's, that's the real deal. Um, I don't, Kelly, you were breaking up, so I muted you, so I don't know if you know how to unmute yourself. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> He's just doing faces. Uh-oh. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> oh, I did mute myself by accident. Oops, yeah. Bizarre Baghdad. Stops Bizarre yeah. Baghdad. All right, so uh, what, what, um, what's okay, your final take? We... Go ahead, Kelly. Uh, like cruise okay hold on i gotta show off my new baby <laughs> just a little Shout interlude for my <laughs> youngest cast member ever this is ren ren is three and a half weeks old she's really cute and sleepy <laughs> what do you think alpine moon good card 
She's got something to say about it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah, I think it's great. It's a good card. Also, Scape Shift and Crucible of Worlds. Have we seen those cards? Can we, how do those interact with Alpine Moon? Okay, love you, baby. Bye. See you later. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think they do anything. They obviously don't do anything in standard. Um, I mean, Scape Shift and Crucible being reprinted is exciting. Um, and I don't think Alpine Moon does anything in standard, right? There's no, like, good lands that you want to show. I mean, right? but Crucible of World Field of Ruin seems pretty good. It's not so bad. being able to turn that off is relevant, maybe? Nah. Maybe? Me. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you discard a card when you play this. <laughs> it ain't free. Okay, can, can we the rest of Core 19? Because this set looks amazing. I am so excited about this set. Like, this looks like an old school core set draft, which, like, there's so many cards that are just coming into this limited format that looks like they're going to have so much fun together. The limited looks like, like super amazing. I, I, I have not been as psyched about a limited format since after I played Eternal Masters. Like Eternal Masters is the best limited format of all time, but this looks like also very, very good. I'm really excited. This does look. We get to play with, like, we get Gravedigger. We get. Fun stuff. Ride mate in limited is thud. Have you guys read this card? Thud. <laughs> I love this card. So much flavor. One red sorcery as an additional cost. Sack a creature. Thud deals damage to equal to the sacked creature's power to any target. And like just throw your goblin at something. It's bad, but it seems really fun. Death Baron in limited. Death Baron cards. Cards jacked. Mentor of the Meek? So much fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked about this format. Looks like it's going to be a riot. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. And what about these dragons? <laughs> We've only seen three of the five dragons. But Bolus flips into a planeswalker? Like, ah, the flavor. Flavor! Great. And the Nickel Bolus planeswalker? The flip one? That thing looks sweet. That thing looks off the chain. I hope that thing is constructed to playable. I think it might be. But if it is, man, I'm playing that card. That card's... Uh, let's see. Been really looking for those four mana yeah, four four like flyers. His... Yeah! Yeah. Seems yeah. super good. It seems like it could do something. It's just like, yeah, it's a four mana four four that does something. But then, yeah, I mean, you don't... I don't know. Maybe it's good enough. If it's good enough, then it's like really good enough. And it's going to be sweet. Like Shalai is, yeah. is the oh. closest thing I've seen to like a random like underpowered flyer be super like pretty good at standard, and it's seeing like minimal play, and its own like color requirements are a lot less than uh, Grixis, which tends to not want to really be down that much anyway. But like there's there's like the Grixis energy strategies that sort of did, but maybe there's just better things it's like Chandra still exists. So I'm not sure until rotation, that's for sure. So, I mean, moral of the story is head to a face-to-face games 
or a fusion a phoenix comics and games <laughs> near you uh july 7th and 8th and get some pre-release in or at canadian nationals we're gonna have a small number of planeswalker decks available for open house so bring your like completely magic illiterate friends out with you and play open house at nationals or any other game store in the universe you get you get planeswalker decks at at open house now which means you get exactly one booster pack of core 2019 a week before anyone else yeah yeah yeah, take 20 take 23 friends with you and then eight of the 24 of you can draft (laughs) it it is a pretty sweet promo um kelly are you are you still active on the twitterverse where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you no they can get in touch with me at the store or <laughs> um, they can message the store. Honestly, though, like uh, face-to-facegames.com, you can like fill out the contact us form there. You can email us, Toronto at face-to-facegames.com. Give the shop a phone call or send face-to-face games Toronto on Facebook and email or like a, like a Facebook, Facebook message thing. And uh, yeah, we, we're pretty attentive there. If you do have questions about the RPTQ this weekend because that's coming up super quick and it's getting really full. I think we've got eight spots at before I need to rent a bigger venue. And then uh, Nationals. Get you, get your reg in for Nats. Facegames.com on the right hand side, the pre-reg for events tab. Event pre-registration it's called. And there's tons of options there. So definitely come out for all of these things and so much more. I think, I think that's it. That's a lot. Okay, so that's it. Yep. Thanks for coming on, Kelly. It's always great to get your uh, insider perspective. So we'll see you in two. I'll see you in two weeks. Me too. All right. Sounds like a blast. Yeah. And Andy, we'll see Andy too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me on, gang. What a blast! And uh, we'll do this again sometime soon. I'll shout at you more. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. That was Kelly Ackerman from FaceToFaceGames.com. Well, not .com. FaceToFaceGames Toronto. Um, super hyped. Super hyped, man. That guy loves being love here it. more than me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, like, Brian, it's it's making me not sure about, like, how to evaluate you because you're supposed I'm, to be... I'm a bad intern. Like, no yeah, question. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. In person, I'm fun. I just need... Yeah. No, nah, I suck. I get it. <laughs> Out hyped by by another hype man, and uh, <laughs> you got me excited about Alpine Moon, and then ultimately your conclusion is, eh, maybe just Commander. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. To be fair, you put him in there against a goddamn hype ringer. That's yeah. like his job. His job is to hype people and yeah. toss them to the wolves. <laughs> All right, let's talk about spin it. And let's let's go to something more competitive. Andy, you brought up that uh, an interesting deck took down the the most recent online PTQ. So let's talk about that. It was uh, eight whack. It was just goblins. <laughs> goblins is your new top dog in modern. <laughs> I can't even say it. Uh, but yeah, uh, a, a moto grinder named uh, Riser 
top uh, top aided and then one the moto ptq just goblins full of one drops only one drops and bushwhackers and it played a little known card from rise of the eldrazi called devastating summons yes. which is red sacrifice x uh is it mountains x lands you create two xx creatures so like the thing with the deck is you play like one drop into a couple more one drops and then maybe on turn three or four you're like sack all my mountains make two four fours kick a bushwhacker kill you so that's it's just incredibly hyper aggressive and i I assume it's to try and be faster than than humans and to be like be faster than all of one somehow it is super hard for these decks to beat some like super fast draws because like the interaction costs so much out of these decks that and they don't brick wall that well. Like Hollow One can play a four four that could brick wall pretty well, but like this deck looks like it's going pretty wide, pretty fast. So it definitely has the ability to do that. It's like slowly but surely, people are one upping each other in this linear modern festival of just just one upping each other with how fast and linear you want to be. It's incredible. <laughs> Uh, Riser actually rings a bell, so I'm looking him up. It's actually Shintaro Ishimura, who has one Pro Tour top eight, three GP top eights. So a legit, likely... Also, I think he qualified for... I'm just Googling his name. He's qualified for some Magic Online championships. So not just a random dude. Hmm, are you gonna are you gonna put this deck together via mana traders, Annie? Uh, no, but that's only because I can't I can't put down the boogeyman humans. It's just so freaking good. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I said it, and I'll say it again. It is too fast, too linear, too disruptive. No I, deck I, should be all those things. How do you think it lines up against this uh, monstrosity? Like, I assume that Riser played this to take advantage of it. Like, it plays four, if, if I recall, hold on, does it play, yeah, it plays four fanatical firebrand. So, like, that could be pretty good sometimes. I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, it plays four Grim Lava Mancer. That's so good against humans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and it, it's just incredibly fast. Four bolt, four, or three grenade. I assume this deck's got to beat humans. Why else would you play it? How do you justify playing this deck if it doesn't beat humans? How do you sleep at night? <laughs> so, I assume it beats humans, and I'm sure it beats a lot of decks that aren't ready for it. It's obviously like lacks a little bit of consistency, I imagine, of like how strong its draws are. Like it's obviously always going to do the same thing, but it has no late game power really at all, other than Grim Lavamancer. So, I guess grenade grenade can five you. Kinda Yeah, or you can just keep slamming lands and then eventually summons for like four or something and, and just get a couple four fours, that's a thing, right? Yeah. This deck can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> this deck looks sweet. And this deck looks like it costs like two dollars to build. Uh, and in, <laughs> like, in paper it's like five hundred and sixty dollars. Okay. You're out intern as the as the financial and hype expert. <laughs> you just yourself twice now. Uh, Hold on, I just need to check if it's, if it's more than affinity. No, it is. It, it is a lot less than affinity. 
No, this nigga's Fetchlands and everything else is a hot common. Fake news, not two dollars. <laughs> Sorry, four dollars. Uh, but yeah, but you're right, uh, Andy. I think a lot of cards do line up well uh, against a, a bunch of the relevant tutus in in humans. And uh, man, excited to! See, I actually want to see this deck in action. Oh, you this looks like a riot to watch. Yeah. <laughs> You guys right, put it together. You guys see the second place deck list too? It's Infect, but it's like black green Infect, and it's got Inquisitions and Phyrexian Crusaders. Like this deck is pretty wild too. Uh, yeah, it's Edgar played this uh, to to win some face to face showdown thing, playing black green Infect, and right after it pops up online. So Edgar yeah. said he got the list from Dilks, so maybe Dilks is just a meta game genius because yeah, there's two copies in in the top. I'm not sure if both made top eight, but there's yeah they yeah they did. Two copies made top eight. One by Jose Cabazes. I don't know how to say his name on Moto, but he's a grinder for sure. <laughs> I recognize the name. Why is this necklace better than the the regular like the conventional infect? Like it's Phyrexian and Crusader. Yeah. Okay, that's a thing. It can't die. It just can never die. How how good is it against humans? Look is it annoying the, or look, pretty damn good? Look up the number of cards that can block this in humans. <laughs> zero? <laughs> it's almost zero. Like, no obviously, get in there. Also, the, the, the booty, the free booty. But yeah, I, I assume this beats humans, but I really don't know. Once again. <laughs> but, like, if you're playing a deck like this and doing well, I assume you're playing it because it beats humans. Otherwise, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so I imagine it does. Brian, to, to answer you, like I've, I've played uh, a few years ago uh, the different variants of Infect, and I think it, 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 like we're discussing, basically it comes down to the metagame when Lingering Souls was uh, a big part of the metagame. That's when you much preferred Blighted Agent over Plague Stinger. Right. So, so I think uh, it really depends. And uh, it looks like now if Crusader is in a good spot, if people are playing Goblins, then, then we're looking at... Uh, a format or humans and, and, and everything that Crusader is good against. Hey, then, then we might be looking at that. But uh, Plague Stinger was was always like when I played tested it. And I was playing against when Abzan Company uh, was getting popular. That was really annoying when they would just have a lot of lingering souls. Um, so it made me go like, okay, I have to play Blighted Agent. So right, yeah, it's it's interesting because Crusader is good against lingering souls. Right, 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 right. Especially bad against lingering souls. Right. So you kind of can attack them from two different angles, right? I mean, like, if, they, if you're playing against the deck that, um, that, yeah, you can go, like, just fly over them and infect them with Plague Stinger, then that's good. And then if, yeah, if they have a bunch of Lingering Souls tokens or if they're humans with zero blockers, then obviously Crusader's good, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this deck's gonna be sweet. I'm yeah. Surprised. Yeah. I think yeah. I was just going to add, like, like, there's also some, a lot of decks with, like, random, not random, but they, they have flyers in them, whether it's, like, Blink Moths, or Volskirges that, that can block your Plague Stinger, whereas, you know, Blade Agent has that, you know, super... It, it's unblockable, so um, it really depends. Yeah, so this is what happens, like, when you try to go to, like, the, the next, next level. It's <laughs> like, what people were trying to do to beat humans in Hollow One is play Jeskai, regardless of how good it really is. And if there's one thing Jeskai can't kill, it's Phyrexian Crusader. So this is, like, a reaction to that, I imagine, as well because it also seems like it's pretty good against humans too. So maybe it's just like the perfect slot in the metagame right now. 
But if there's one thing you can say f- pretty confidently over the past couple weeks is that uh, Infect's back because it uh, it won the SCG, be it a, a, a dual format event or whatever, and it's doing well here on Moto. Like, people slept on it because it was never going to be as good as it once was, and it was an absolute powerhouse. But, uh, like, it's, the deck is, still has a lot of powerful things going on about it, and the deck's back. The deck's back and maybe should have never fully left the way it did. So, it's it's cool to see another another deck enter the fray just to get, <laughs> once again, everyone is just trying to out-hyper-linear uh, each other. <laughs> as modern is a wonderful gem that can't be fixed. <laughs> you can love it for what it is, but it can't be a normal format. <laughs> uh, Brian, well, what did you want to say before uh, I made my last point there? Oh, no, I, I was just looking at more of this top eight. I hadn't actually seen it until just now. And there's, a, there's like this affinity deck that plays like Bomat Courier. Did you guys see this? And Contested Warzone? Man, this deck looks sweet too. Like, and and like Andy was saying, yeah, like you just try to go hyperlinear and just really low to the ground. Um, yeah, this deck is really awesome too. It's crazy that the format is just kind of taking this really aggressive approach. Um, it seems like there should be strategies that can beat this these kinds of decks, but I guess that's just the rock paper scissors. That's uh, what. Which of those strategies beat humans? None yeah. of them. I, you can't. I you can't so. play this like derpy interactive deck and you just get thallion into freebooter into meddling mage yeah no you're right yeah humans is just crippling the format with hollow one too those two decks are too good at what they do yeah like how can any non-aggro deck non-hyper aggro deck combat any of these strategies like yeah it seems tough well they tell themselves they're gonna do it by playing like supreme verdict but then they just keep dying anyway yeah, exactly. Right, they get Thalia just and freebooted into just Oblivion, and they just die. Alpine Moon. Alpine Moon. <laughs> Alpine that's, Moon, baby. That's the winner, right there. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I'm. I'm skeptical about its impact. Looking at this, uh, what, what do you think, Brian? Like thinking deeper, you see a spot. I'm convinced by your commander usage. Like you and Kelly sold me that it's going to be a huge player. Yeah, I, I don't think in modern it's actually. I don't. I, I think it's a sweet card. I think it's great, but I don't think. I mean, if it does I genuinely shut down Tron, um, like Andy was saying, um, then, Ooh, yeah. then, or like Kelly was saying, I'm not sure who said that. If it actually does shut down Tron, then I could see it having some sort of sideboard application against against Tron. Right, Tron is a huge deck right now, um, but I don't think it has. It's good against virtually any other deck in modern. Um, but I mean, Mono Red, Mono Red loses to Tron when Tron can go turn three Worm Coil Engine, when it can just Worm Coil you and, and just stabilize, right? Um, and if you can, and having a one mana way to disrupt that, I usually can give you enough, I think can give you enough time that you can just beat them before they can just naturally play a Worm Coil mm. or naturally whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it could be good in the sideboard of a mono red deck. Uh, also in Legacy in like sideboard too. Like again, against Dark Depths, like Turbo Depths is such a great deck. Lands is arguably the best deck in the format, one of the best decks in the format. And having this one mana answer to to like anything they do, whether it be Dark Depths or Tabernacle or Glacial Chasm or whatever, um, that that I think could be real. I think that could be legit for sure. 
So I don't know. I think I think it's good enough in specific sideboards against specific decks, obviously. Yeah, it's also important to consider, like, while I keep saying that, like, Blood Moon is just better, you can play this in a deck that uh, doesn't play a million basic lands, which is obviously an upside to it. Yeah. Just so there's that application as well, but <laughs> Valica would have to get real good, I think. And then you can start jamming this thing. If Valica becomes like tier one again, and you have Valica and Tron in the tier one, then yeah, maybe you can start putting this as a one of in your sideboard or starting to go more. But until then, until we have more like single lands that we want to shut down, I don't. I think this card will be uh, on the 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 back burner, sitting on the bench, just like Brian, just what? like me. Um, <laughs> and the daggers. <laughs> I like uh, I like your example. I think uh, the mono red player in that case like has to in the worm coil example has to hope to you know draw four skull cracks in a row basically. Uh, so maybe maybe um let's go to maybe some GP uh, Vegas t- quick hits. GP Vegas uh, Andy. You mentioned you were following a bit. Thought it was pretty hype. Yeah, there is nothing cooler than like the initial reaction to the beta draft and like listening to people starting to qualify for it and like seeing all these big names start to qualify for it. And they're like, oh my God, I wish we could watch it. And then they're like, guess what? You can. And that right there is like one of the like a transcendent moment for me. It was like bigger than almost any GP could be is like that, those kind of moments. Cause you're going to remember th- that GP for that for forever, because it's a super unique event that was incredibly cool. And all the biggest, like some of the biggest names in magic shared that stage with this super unique event. And everyone was so hyped about it. And everyone was so excited to watch these people crack beta packs and do a draft format that is seemingly dead. It was just crazy to me to see a side event steal the show to me. It's the only, it's the thing I will remember the most because Matt Nass wins GPs with KCI all the time. Uh, do, do you know? Do you have a list in front of you of who made it? I, I'm seeing like LSV, uh, Ben Stark, Martin Yuza, LSV. Um, those are the th- the three big names, the three Hall of Famers. But like you, you were hearing throughout the tournament, there's like, oh, Owen and Huey are playing in the top eight of the next qualifier. Oh, Siggy's in the other side of the bracket of this qualifier. And like uh, Owen had to beat Huey, and then like someone loses in the finals. It was crazy to hear about it all. It was the talk of the tournament, and got to be the one of the coolest things about Magic. It reminds me of the the eighteen O Mono Red. It's like it's going to go down as like an important thing, a cool thing that happened, a memorable thing, which is what you want to get out of these big con type events, these double GP weekends. It's Goifgate. It's something that is going to be remembered for how unique and interesting it was. Which and it's arguably one of the only times that this actually could happen. Like it has to be it has to be a mega store like China Farba that, that hosts something like this. And like the number of like beta packs that are in circulation, like I mean it there it's I mean, it's not zero, and there is a number of them out there, and there's lots of people, lots of kind of big collector guys that do have a number of them. But, like, for, uh, like, you need to be willing to crack the packs, and a lot of people that have them aren't. Um, so Channel Fireball, like, I'm, I'm assuming just, like, slowly acquired these over times or maybe contacted somebody that had a whole bunch of these and set this up. Like, I think, I don't think something like this can happen 
I mean, maybe not ever again, but n- not anytime soon. Uh, and that's what makes it really special too. Cause it's so unique, right? It's just like, yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty sweet. Um, man, like I, I'm thinking about like when we first started first strike and Brian Gottlieb was talking about how, you know, he sees one day these like big baller tournaments, with, like hundred dollar entries and stuff <laughs> like that. And now like, that, that's so cool, like, like you said, Andy. Not only was it a huge event, but it had the star power as well, and it being so rare. What's next? What, what do you think? Do they run it back? They, they are running it back at Gen Con. They said that they're going to oh, do yeah. that. But like, you can't you can't redo the first movie. The sequel is never as good as the original. <laughs> and honestly, this this event will go down to in, in my view is like something that I'll always remember. I'm not going to remember all the double GP weekends. I'm not going to remember who won the GPs. I'm not going to remember what decks were good at the GPs. But I'll remember the beta draft and, and how cool it was to watch and how everyone demanded that they stream it, and they did. Man, I'm curious like, what ideas you would like to see more. Because it, it just seems to have compelled you to watch so much, and, and if we could have more of this type of content... Maybe Watsi has a chance to uh, fend against the big boys. Yeah, uh, if if you asked me if I was going to stay up till midnight watching a side event at a Grand Prix <laughs> on Twitch.tv, I would have told you there's no way in hell. But I did. I stayed up and I couldn't stop watching. And it's, lots of people couldn't stop watching. And it's all over Twitter. All everyone was talking about on Twitter was this event. So super cool thing. And I I hope that there's a way that they can one-up themselves. Maybe beta sealed. Beta sealed, nah. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rochester was just the perfect way to do it. You just there was like this guy flipping over the cards with white gloves, and Ben Stark gets to see that he gets to pick this six thousand dollar underground C. Jesus. Wow. Brian, Brian, you what what did you wanna talk about? Um I so I Maybe Andy, I'll get your perspective and, and KYT too. So well, well, Andy, most, Andy, mostly Andy, because he's the original, the founding father of Team Geisbag. So, <laughs> Team what? What's that? Team Geisbag. What is that? The one of the original like abuser. Where I would scumbag. I, I can explain it if you want. <laughs> Go ahead. Lord. So. The first week where it became, you were able to miss your mandatory triggers. I played in a PTQ. Someone attacked me with a Geist. I took two damage. And then I had someone yell at me for like 45 minutes in a judge call, calling (laughs) me a piece of crap and calling me names because I wouldn't let him have his trigger. And it barely freaking mattered. But then John Stern, in the same event, in the top eight, his opponent misses his Geist trigger and the same thing happens. His opponent loses it on him. And then we were together cemented in history as team scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> so we get his perspective. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. So last weekend I went to Mexico city to play in an RPTQ. I, um, my team, we didn't do so hot. We finished three, three, but, uh, in, uh, in our elimination round, we played against the team and it was match three, game three, 
um, are it was m- the blue white player on my team uh, was playing against red black. Um, my the blue white player on my team he he had minus to ferried a number of times in the match, um, and and the guy he was playing against had a pro tour dominaria play mat. Um, so a number of times he had minus to ferry in the match, and every time his opponent had put the card third from the top, no problem. Um, but in in this particular time, um, again, this is game three, match three. Um, the blue white player, my teammate, is at six life, and uh, and yeah, this this matters a lot. So so my my teammate Liam, he plays a to ferry. He minuses to get rid of uh, his opponent's Chandra. Um, puts it third from the top, uh, and he has to tap out to do so. He taps out, or essentially taps out. I think he might have one or two left over, but but his opponent has a whole bunch of land, so um, so he essentially taps out to do so. Then his opponent, uh, end of turn, cycles Canyon Slough, um, draws a card, untaps, draws another card for his turn, and plays a Chandra. Um, so, yeah, we are thinking to ourselves, like, oh, man, so unlucky. Like, he's got Chandra followed by another Chandra. So we're just dead, right? We're at six. He's gonna, um, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna plus it. We're gonna take two. Um, then he's gonna play another one or plus it, then play another one, plus it, and then we're dead. Um, so Liam thinking, Liam on taps for his turn, um, thinks and decides he's gonna Ipnu Rivulet, um his opponent so he doesn't get the second Chandra so we don't just straight die um, because we don't have a counterspell in our hand at that point. Um, we mill them four, and they don't have the Chandra third from the top. They put it second from the top. So, yeah, we immediately call over a judge, say, hey, like, what's going on here? The judge, so thankfully the judges spoke good English. Like, there was no language barrier problem, but our opponent didn't really speak that well, good of English. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, like, we, I, I really genuinely thought the guy was just straight up cheating. Like, he, Put it third from the top the whole rest of the match. We've done it a number of times before. You know, Pro Tour Dominaria playmat with Teferi on it. He knows how the card works. And he just so happened to have Canyon Slew in his hand uh, when we're tapped out and at six life with Chandra. Like, the guy, it's way too, like, it's way too big a coincidence for him to just, I, I think, just screw up and put it second from the top instead of third from the top. So, so we were arguing to the judge that, yeah, this, this person is cheating. This person is straight up cheating. And this person should be disqualified from the match, uh, or for yeah, they should just be DQ'd. Um, the the initial judge um, initially rules it as uh, just a, an error, like um, I don't exactly know what the the terminology is, but just an error, um, like a dexterity error. I don't know what it's called, but um, and then of course we immediately appeal it. Uh, the head judge comes over and. And yeah, we just have this long spat with the head judge. Um, in hearing, like, we don't speak Spanish, so we don't know if our opponent's story changes, but he, he seemed way too cool and calm and collected about it. Like, if he wasn't cheating, I feel like he would have really adamantly been like, hey, I'm not cheating. Like, this is, I'm so sorry, I screwed up, blah, 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 blah. But he just kept it cool. Like, yeah, it just happened. Like, whatever, you know, no big deal. Um, and yeah, he was a sleazebag for sure, and he was cheating. So the judge, uh, ruled at the end of the day after we were just screaming at this guy um or at least one of my teammates was screaming at this guy um that it was that same error that the initial judge said but he upgraded it to a game loss um which means that his team lost the match but uh but didn't disqualify this guy 
and and I just thought to myself, like that that judges aren't judges don't disqualify players enough. I feel you know there there really is a group of people that do cheat in magic tournaments, and uh, like when the stars align so much and they do something that's that's so sketchy and is cheating beyond a reasonable doubt, I, I think that serious action should be taken more, but it isn't taken. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? All right, I got a question. So he played Chandra. What did he do with it? Plussed it. Well, what ability? Oh, uh, the first one. So he exiled his top card? Hold on a sec. Would <laughs> yes. that card be the Chandra? Did he exile a Chandra with his Chandra? The exile Chandra was okay. So he played a Chandra. Oh no, he didn't. Oh yeah, so that's why. So we that's when you should that. know. That. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. The rivulet does not matter. It's him plusing that. Wait, why did he? I wasn't exactly watching the match. I was still finishing my <laughs> match, and I came over later, and I was told. So excuse me, but all you need to know is that it wasn't third from the top. It was second from the top. The story's okay. getting deep. So, so um. This kind of mistake is actually a lot more plausible than I think you're giving it credit for because of the card Commit to Memory. Because that card does do that. And the effects, you've been playing with Commit so much longer that the effects feel sort of similar. And it's if they're like primarily Moto players, not often you're handling your own deck like that. Right. So it could be an honest mistake, but I, like, I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know the exact situation. I don't know the op- opponents, but what you're describing is a perfect spot for them to cheat in, but it's like such an easy catch that would hedge, have me hedge on the side that he's not cheating <laughs> because he plays his Chandra and pluses it and immediately reveals to you that he, that he cheated? No, so, he, I, I think the situation Did he plus it for mana or something? I think he might have plussed it for mana or yeah, he must have plussed it for mana. Okay. Because th- that makes some more sense. Yeah. Again, because if you plus it, I know that it was, uh, all I know is that it was m- not milled with Rivulet, and it should have been milled with Rivulet. And and yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Regardless. Well, so so, how do I feel about uh, j- judges not disqualifying players enough? Um, yeah. I think uh, judges understand the the ramifications of disqualifying a player, and if they're not positive that what happened was intentional then i think it is safe to err on the side of caution but i don't think you can ever be positive i think well you can if there if their story changes if they're whatever but i think judges should use their own discretion a lot more and well he did of course but like they shouldn't just need like a smoking gun to disqualify somebody. I think that they should use context to to make those kind of decisions. Like like contextually in the game, not necessarily just what he says and, and what he did and that sort of thing. You know, like that explaining things, but you understand what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, no, I, I get it. But let's talk about the SUG. Something happened there. Yeah. Uh, Zach Elsick, a prolific, uh, well-known player, a good community guy. Uh, played a champion of wits and only discarded one card. Right. And he's also playing with a card in his deck called uh, Charter Course, sure. which draws two and discards sure. one. Yep. So you have a similar-ish effect in your deck, 
that could lead you to making an honest mistake, especially in a super tense moment like that. Right. So the thing is, so, so someone's pointing out in the chat is that you, you, I don't think you can ever be positive that someone's cheating. And they're, uh, that's a reason why people don't get disqualified very often. And when they do, they're like, without a doubt, cheating. And that's why when you get disqualified from an event, you're like 99% you were lying or you were cheating in some capacity. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you talk to the judge after and ask why? They didn't feel like they were cheating. I, I didn't. My teammate did, um, but I, yeah, I didn't specifically know. Because I would love to just have like an honest conversation, and and if it boils down to like them saying, "Listen, I think it was like a tough call, a sixty forty, a fifty fifty call," and I've decided that I'm going to err on the side of not disqualifying this player. There's not much more you can do there. Sure. Like if yeah. if he believes that player, you got to just well, let it happen. So then and, why did he upgrade it to a game loss? So, I, so this is something that I, I don't think I should fully answer because I don't know why. Like, right. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a judge. I, I don't know the rules well enough to give, to give a good, uh, good reason why. So I, I don't think I should speak on it. It's like, I assume it, it's, it has something to do with the reason that they think the, like, the violation ruined the game to an extent where that had to happen. I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not sure. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, if you were there and you, like, again, yeah, you weren't there um, and you didn't see the guy and you didn't see his, just his, just his smirk on his face and just, yeah, oh, a, a scar him. down his eye. That's him. He was smoking. He was. And, and, uh, yeah, and I, he was up to no good and I knew it. Um, and going after your girl. Going after my girl, smoking, <laughs> scar, all of it was there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, like I'm, I'm on team John Stern. If anything sketchy happens, like you just have to immediately report it to a judge and the judges should take serious action. If there's, if, if there is something serious that did happen or could have happened. Right. Yeah. Like they could have made a mistake there, but like it happens. It's the system's never going to be perfect. And I'm sure like, you, I'm sure I would be very mad in your situation as well if I was so certain. Like, I've dealt with situations where I'm certain my opponent lied about, like, their intentions. But I don't know. I've, I've learned that I can just tell, say what I say, they're going to say what they say, and from there you just have to move on. You can't really focus on it too much. You can't do anything about it. This is okay. great. Uh, shout <laughs> to... Argue louder. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Andy's, uh, do I call him Disciple? Elliot, uh, 48, what's the word I'm supposed to use? Student? Padawan, I don't know. Apprentice, um, best quote Disciple. of the episode, uh, actually made, made me laugh, uh, quoting, uh, Brian, our opponent didn't speak that well good of English. <laughs> highlight, highlight of the episode. I also <laughs> don't speak that well good yeah. of English. <laughs> I, that cracked me up when I read again. <laughs> I mean, poor showing, poor showing. Uh, report card for the intern is not looking yeah. great. It's, I'm over two on these. This, this might be the last appearance. So uh, if, if you guys want Brian to come back on, definitely uh, <laughs> leave it in the comments, uh, especially if we're posting this on MTG Alberta. At some point, uh, leave it in the Facebook comments that you still want Brian on the show. 
honestly. And if you don't, that's fine. But I know lots about magic finance. If you want to hear about magic finance, <laughs> you you talk to me. <laughs> right. I we'll put, we'll put you in the same Medina corner. Yeah. <laughs> Goblins is apparently a $2 deck in, in uh, Brian's world. Uh, $2. So cheap. So we'll wrap this up. Um, we've already talked about the preview card live on the show. Just go uh, in the middle portion of the show. Uh, love their takes. Brian's take on non-competitive formats and Andy's uh, more hardcore take on its application in the competitive format. As always, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash first strike. I know like some people have been confused because they've been told to join and not to join. It's really just to support the show, to pay for some of the hosting, podcast hosting, and, and um, website hosting and, and everything else. And everything we do else is on top uh, in the hopes that uh, we just want to give something to uh, people who support us, whether it be um, some cyborg guides, whether it be some exclusive videos uh, that we've done for specific decks or uh, when Derek makes like a exclusive, exclusive snake video on Green Black Constrictor, going through all of the different matchups how he would cyborg. That's that's all extra gas and all extra value or when Semlin uh, gives just nation and members a course on the latest limited format. Um, and, and that's, that's how it is. All the details to join are on patreon.com slash first strike. So if you like the show, consider subscribing, consider being a patron. If not, just give us a thumbs up, share the show on Facebook. Say, Hey, check out all the nationals news. Check out the, the latest awesome commander preview card in this show or subscribe to us on any podcast app or, or just tell your friends about us and uh that will do it for us any last words gents actually brian brian give, give me some last words some last words uh it, it was a pleasure to be on and i'll see you never again <laughs> no just kidding i'll see you at nationals uh thanks for i, I don't know like um last words are if you haven't been to nationals, come to nationals. It's a really fun tournament. It's, um, it, yeah, just the sense of just like community there is awesome. You should go to nationals. It's great. Uh, pre-order that preview card and yeah, rock and roll. Alrighty. Um, forgot shout out to our first strike nation producers, Jonathan Good, Kyle Smirchik, Jay Thomas, Ian, Sasha Papo, Derek Pite, and Matthew Kelly. Jonathan Good would be cool to have to answer uh, some of the Alpine moon questions. Again, some of you just pledge once or twice or stop pledging because you can't support the show anymore. It doesn't really matter to me as long as you support it once through any means. Again, sharing anything. And I'm always here for you guys. You can keep get in touch with me on Twitter, on Facebook, email, any, any way you can. So with for Andy, Brian, and myself, see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks.